You're listening to Michael Anthony's Courage Matters podcast, covering leadership, relationships, and world events. Did you know you can request Michael for an interview, guest appearance, or as a keynote speaker for your event? Just click the Invite tab on the Courage Matters app or on couragematters.com to get started. Well, Pastor Michael, so glad to have you with us today. And first of all, I'd like to just open up with the question, um, why would you write a book with such a powerful title <laughs> called A Call for Courage? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that we have such a powerful Savior. I think that's a no-brainer. I think what is needed, you know, this is the book, A Call for Courage, and that is exactly what's needed at this particular time in history. I think that God's people need to be awakened. It is time, it's long overdue in this nation for a real spiritual awakening, a movement of God in this nation. And I bet people watching right now, you know that that's true. Even people right here, how many of you believe that that's true? We need a spiritual awakening in this nation. So it's not going to happen if God's people are cowering. It's true. It's only going to happen if God's people are courageous. So we have about 173 million people in the United States that say they are believers, that yeah. they, they follow God. But there are a lot of them that say over and over again, they feel like mm-hmm. their faith is being attacked. They feel like the values of this country are shifting. Yeah. And uh, how will your book help them through this situation? What can they do? As believers. Well, I think it's time for believers in this nation who identify as believers to really get serious about Jesus. Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these kinds of things? And Jesus' answer to them is, depart from me, I never knew you. This is not a time in our nation to play with Jesus. This is not a time in our nation to play church. I think our nation for too long has been playing church. Many Christians in our nation have been playing church and look at the situation that we're in as a result. If we get serious about Jesus, the church will take care of itself. That's right. We need to get serious about Jesus and surrender to him. And this book, A Call for Courage, this is a handbook. Listen, Demos, this is not about a book. This is about the movement of the Spirit of God that needs to happen in our nation. And this book is simply a foundation. It's simply a how-to handbook that people can get, they can buy, and they can look at, they can read it, and they can know, oh, this is exactly what I can do. I can do that. I can be that. Thank you for that story in the Bible that reminds me that I'm just like that person, and look how God used them. And so when people read this book, it's not just something to stir gray matter in their lives. It's to stir their heart. And the revival that needs to happen in this nation is going to happen one person at a time. And I wrote this book with you in mind, that God would cause humble courage to arise in the life of the reader. That happens, bring it on. The revival we need, it'll be here. Wow. One of the things I love is I remember being at uh, some different news networks and talking to different people, and many of them have mentioned your name before with the whole uh, radio broadcast, The God Factor, Mm -hmm. and they said, this is a guy who's trying to call the nation to come together for the cause of Christ. Mm -hmm. So I think people know that you had this message in your heart, but now we have something that we can hold on to 
really walk through in a much more concise way and really feel the things that God is burdened on your heart, Mm -hmm. the way that you see Jesus as activating people. Mm -hmm. And I I love this, something that you wrote that I wanted to read, and this, this just stood out to me. And it says, it is absolutely possible to love someone while disagreeing with him or her. In fact, isn't this what Jesus did? Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's so real that we need to show the love of Christ yeah. with everyone. doesn't matter how you live, what's going on. I mean, Jesus saved me as a wretched drug dealer flooding the streets mm-hmm. with cocaine. And Jesus rescued me when I should have been dead. So I understand that there has to be a confrontation. Now, Mm -hmm. as believers, how do we confront people Mm -hmm. that are attacking us or attacking our Jesus and do it with some love, grace, and uh, courage? That's what I cover repeatedly throughout the book. Jesus did it all the time. See, we become like the people we spend time with. The fundamental problem in this nation, maybe you can identify, is that the average person who says they're a Christian is not really spending quality time with Jesus. And so we don't look like the Jesus that we say we're following. Probably the biggest sin that Christians are guilty of, myself included, we want other people to follow a Jesus we're not following very closely. Jesus did it all the time. He was actually, Demos, his reputation, he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So in my wrestling match, as I was writing this book, A Call for Courage, I had titanic wrestling matches with God. Where are my tax collectors? Where are my sinners? Why am I not going to where Jesus would go if he were here in the 21st century? Wow. And so I think in many ways, we have rebranded ourselves as Christians in the United States. It's been unintentional. We've become the anti-religion. Everybody knows what we're against but nobody knows who we're for. That's a big problem, and that's why we need a spiritual awakening. People need to know that it's possible to disagree with philosophies. There's a whole bunch of garbage happening today. Think of all the stuff that's happening today. You can disagree with somebody and be kind and loving in the midst of the disagreement. Think about Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well. Think about his interaction with the woman caught in adultery. He was continually a gentleman. He spoke the truth but he spoke it in love. And the only way that's possible, I think, Demos, today, is if the Spirit of God gets a hold of the lives of Christians. We desperately need a real spiritual awakening in the United States of America. Now, you have something in this book that it just leaps off the page, and uh, I believe it may become a concept that we hear more and more on the national scene, and that's reverse Intolerance. Reverse intolerance. Yes. Can you break that down a little bit for us? Yeah. Reverse intolerance is a phrase that I think the Lord gave me, um, and I put it into the book. I wrote it into A Call for Courage. You know, tolerance is all the rage these days. Everybody's got to be tolerant. You have to be tolerant. You have to be tolerant. Unless you're a person of faith, unless you're an evangelical conservative Christian, then we don't want to hear from you. So actually what's happened is it's reverse intolerance. That all that is, is it's political gobbledygook, politically correct terminology that the world uses, tolerance, to say, sit down, shut up, we don't want to hear from you, Christian. Been there, done that. When in fact, I don't think we have been there, done that. 
When I say I'm talking about a spiritual awakening that needs to happen in this nation, you know what I'm talking about? I hope that people watching and listening right now really get this. It's not about going back to where we were as a nation. It's about going into new territory where we never were by the Spirit of God. That's the kind of spiritual awakening. That's the kind of a revival that needs to happen in this nation. That's what needs to happen. And so people of faith are being told, sit down, shut up. We don't want to hear from you. And this book... A call for courage. This is the handbook that's going to help people realize, I don't need to sit down. I don't need to shut up. In fact, when you see people in the Bible being told to sit down and shut up, when the Spirit of God gets a hold of them, think about your own life. They don't sit down and shut up. They stand up and they speak out because it's no longer them speaking. It's the Spirit of Jesus speaking through them. And that is what needs to happen in our nation. That's what needs to happen. Excellent. So if there's someone that's at home right now, saying to themselves, I'm no David, right. you know, right. I, I, I don't even know how I could ever take on a giant, you mm -hmm. know, I go to my school, I hope when people walk by, they don't see my Bible, I'm, right. I'm struggling with this mm -hmm. whole thing. How will a call for courage empower them? How will it really pull them out of their comfort zone, for lack of a better right. term, right to now be shining disciples of Christ. Right. I, I think, love to hear this. I think that's a great question. There's a whole chapter dedicated to that called Heroes and Underdogs. And I go through all of the major characters in the Bible and I ask this question, do you think the Bible is a book of exceptions or examples? Do you think those great stories about David and Goliath and Moses and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Ruth and Gideon, do you think all those stories are because these people were special? No, they were special because God put his hand on them. That's what made them special. David became the giant after he killed the giant, he wasn't that giant beforehand. So you might be watching right now and you might be identifying it with exactly what Demos just said. Listen, it's not about who you are now, it's about who God will make you into, what transformation God will do in your life. When we read about these people in the Bible, in hindsight, it's a record of their life after God got a hold of them. But they always, you know, before David was the king, before he became the king and the man after God's heart, he was a shepherd boy. And that's what you might be right now. You might be a homeschooling mother. You might be a businessman. You might be a blue collar, white collar. You might be involved in drugs. You might have an addiction in your life that you can't get free from. But the Spirit of God, if he gets a hold of you, he can transform your life. Everybody we read about in the Bible, this is what I cover in the book, everybody we read about in the Bible has a past. It's up to you whether or not a person lets their past get in the way of God's future. We have a direct say in that. Look at what God's doing in your life. You went from a drug lord to serving Jesus as your Lord. And that's a great testimony. And they're going to be doing a movie about your life. Amen. What's up with that? Yeah. And so I would tell anybody who is watching right now, how dare you, and I say this to inspire you, not to rebuke you, how dare you call your life insignificant, say that God can't use you because you're a nobody. David was a nobody until God got a hold of his life. That's why they overlooked him when they went out and looked for his family, right? When Samuel went out That's there, right. is there one more? His whole family thought he was insignificant, but God knew that David was the one that he would raise up. Wow, you make me excited to read this book <laughs> some more. So, um, so someone that could be viewing now, they have to wrestle with this. If they surrender themselves to Christ, God's gonna empower them to become humble 
and courageous. Yes. Now, teach me a little bit on the humble mm-hmm. and courageous, because yeah. I think most of us think uh, today, if we look at the world standards, to be courageous, you're assertive, you're upfront. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, bam, here I am. You know, right. you got this big personality. You're probably this high A type of person, you know, so humble and courageous. Yeah. Walk us through that for a minute. Well, you know, I did a lifetime study, it's not over, of looking at people that God used significantly in history, both in the Bible and in modern times. And I was struck by the fact that, number one, God had to redefine my understanding of humility. We think humility is humiliation, walking around with our tail between our legs, apologizing to everybody for anything, and just being a wallflower. What I found when I studied the Bible is that you never see a person who's humble without eventually being courageous and taking a stand for God. And everybody that you see in the Bible who's standing up and taking a stand for God was also a person who was humble. Those two are not contrary to each other. They're actually fellow traveling companions on the same journey. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm humble. That same Jesus fashioned a cord premeditatively and chased the money changers out of the temple area. That same Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. That sounds pretty courageous to me. That's pretty hardcore. And now we know Jesus didn't lie. So again, we always become like the person we spend the most time with. And I would challenge people watching right now, you can become like Jesus in character if only you will spend time with him. And that is the great need in your life. It's the great need in your family. It's the great need in our churches. Can't play church anymore. We've been there, done that. It's not working. If the spiritual awakening that needs to happen in our nation is going to happen, it has to happen one surrendered life at a time. So what needs to happen is a movement of courageous humility. That's what I talk about in the book, A Call for Courage. We need a movement of courageous humility in our nation. And it's going to start with you. It's going to start with you. Spend time with Jesus and the revival is on. So somebody's saying to you, from their core, I don't agree with you, I don't like what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, Pastor Michael Anthony, that's not the world I live in. I mean, give me an example, how would you respond humbly and kind of courageous? I would say, your estimation of me falls far short of what Jesus knows to be the truth. I am a nobody. I am simply a man trying to tell people about the Son of Man. That's all I am at the end of the day. I'm a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. But while I'm a mist, I will do all that I can to point people to Jesus, who is the great I am. And I would say, what do you have to disagree with? The creator of the universe, the lover of your soul, is beckoning to you and calling to you. Deep calls out to deep. God has put eternity in the hearts of people. God has put eternity in your heart. You're curious about God even if you think you're not. God is wooing you and pursuing you. So nobody who ever surrendered to God has ever lived to regret it. So what are you waiting for? It's not about me. Man, that's not a big enough ticket to get involved in. That's not a big enough thing. It's about Jesus. And you know, I might not have been involved in drugs and stuff like you were, but I thought I was an okay person when I got saved when I was a senior in high school. And my sin was just as serious before God as yours, just as serious as somebody else's. There's no such thing as one sin that's more important than the other. 
The sin of slander is just as important to God. The sin of greed, just as important to God as any others. God rescued me and saved my life. I owe him the rest of my life. And so do you. It's not about what I'm saying from a human perspective. It's what God is trying to say to you as he's wooing you and pursuing you with his message and his salvation. Wow. What's been uh, quite unique is just recently, Dr. Billy Graham passed away. And uh, I had the privilege of serving on his financial committee and had the privilege of being around him and being around a lot of his friends as well for many, many years. And one of the things they said is, out of all the years, he never understood that he was famous. He's an example he always of humble thought, courage. He yeah. is an example of courageous humility. That's unbelievable. That yeah. He just didn't even think of himself as... He would be shocked on the elevator that somebody knew who he was. He'd be utterly amazed everywhere he went. I think he must have made a decision. He was so... What they used to tell me is there were Bibles scattered all over his house. This one opened to this page. This one in the bathroom opened up. This one somewhere else. That He just constantly walked around just soaking in the word all the days of his life. I want to say, you know, just meeting you, knowing you for a good while, you could see that Christ is pouring out of you. And I know that you're going to have a great impact on many, many, many lives. And uh, we're excited for the call for courage. And, uh, and we need more of that. Let's say a word of prayer real quick. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for Pastor Michael Anthony and for him taking the time to pen these powerful words, God. We pray that they will touch many hearts, that people in this nation and around the world, God, would rise up to stand for you, to be bold for your truth, to represent you well in this world, God. And we thank you for his courage, God, to pen some of these strong chapters that challenge us, that cut us, but also allow the time for you to come and heal and make us who you designed us to be. Hmm. Father, we love you. We adore you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much Amen. for joining us today. And uh, you, I know we're going to have a great impact. You've been listening to Michael Anthony's Courage Matters podcast. If you'd like to request Michael for an interview, guest appearance, or as a keynote speaker, click the Invite tab on the Courage Matters app or on CourageMatters.com. If you liked this message, you'll love the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast, too. In the meantime, keep looking up. There's no place else worth looking.